This episode is brought to you by 17 Hats, your all-in-one business management platform to save you from time-sucking tasks. Put hours back in your day with easy-to-use features like online scheduling, invoices, contracts, questionnaires, and much more. Learn more at 17hats.com. You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Bure Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Good morning, my friend. Happy Halloween. Uh, it, happy Halloween to you. Today is, in fact, Halloween. Uh, I plan on spending it at the bar because I don't think Bobby has gotten any candy. So we will be that, that family that just leaves the house and locks up and goes to the bar until it's too late and comes back. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, it's, it's a shame that you didn't get any candy because I got to say, I really like your costume. Yes. It's a good costume. It is a good costume. Yes, I call this middle-aged man slowly declining into total dust. Well, you're nailing it. I am, yeah. <laughs> it took some work. F- 58 years of work on this costume, Gary. Really? Wow. Yeah. You know what? You should, there should be a documentary film made about it. You know, speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of costumes, yeah. have you seen the, 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 the craze of the Spirit Halloween store yeah. costume memes going about? Yes, I saw, yeah, I saw a couple of them pop up. A couple of photographer ones pop up on my feed. And then um, Bobby sent me some boutique owners. So apparently, no matter what you do, no matter no matter what you do, somebody has made a meme with a costume uh, from Spirit about what you do. Yeah, well, the, uh, the there are there seem to be obviously because of the people I'm friends with on Facebook and everything. I'm just seeing a lot of different photographer ones. Is it that? Are there that many like photography stereotypes? Are there any that you feel like you fit into that you've seen? Yes, I haven't seen one, and I actually was going to make one. Um, that was my stereotype because, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, this is going to seem woke. <laughs> All right. We're, but I'll when I saw it. like, okay, like, so the one I saw that made me laugh was Natural Light Natalie. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Natural Light Natalie made me laugh, right? She's only available at Golden Hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't shoot people of color. Only shoots at 1.4 and shoots Canon. Okay. That cracked me up. Uh, I thought it was very specific with the only shoes people can't shoot people of color because I was like what and I thought oh yeah because you a lot of times you need more flash if you're shooting people or not a not an orange filter right yeah. I, I yeah, guess yeah. right so I guess that's what that was but that one caught me off guard I was like oh, and I was like oh okay yeah I guess you do I mean you know you need more light the darker so okay so um and I thought that was funny uh, but I didn't post it because I also was like ten years ago this would have been funnier to me. But but with with things like this, there's a little bit of a um ah oh, there's a little bit of a bitterness, yeah, <laughs> that comes from posting stuff like this. You know, like there's a there's a point in your career. I don't know you had this. I think mean, everybody has this. There's a point in your career early on when there's a tribalism and a oh, resentment, yes. and oh, a, yes. you don't do this and you don't do that, and I'm a real photographer or you're not or these people, you know. And then I've, I've literally older, written articles about this exact right. subject. As you get yeah. older and you do it more, I'm like, yeah, Natural Light Natalie, um, she can be, be creating some incredible images. There, there, yes. There's things that Natural Light Natalie can probably do with a family that I can't do and images mm-hmm. she can get that I can't get. And, right. and just because she chooses to shoot that way doesn't mean she's stupid because she hasn't learned off-camera lighting. 
you know, it, it may mean that, but it may also just mean that this is her style and the way she prefers to shoot. And so if that's what works for her and that's what she likes, if she makes money, great. If she does it for a hobby, great. Whatever. Don't let it live in your head. Yeah, I think that there is a there, there is a really gray area in the middle. There's a very small difference between posting something because it's funny because you see it a lot. Like one of the ones was a photographer capturing authentic wild love stories, which I thought was really good. <laughs> There's something funny about that. Wait, I, I, have to stop, I have to stop you there. That particular costume, the only thing that shows as being in the bag is the moneymaker dual rig camera sling. Yeah, right. And, and the very next day, I went to a wedding where I, they, hired, they, they wanted my photo booth, but they didn't hire me. And this has right. never happened to me before. So I was just a photo booth operator. And I look up, and there is a woman. She's about five foot one. She's got the moneymaker dual sling, twin primes, no flash. Does she have the city witch hat, though? She That's did not have we... the witch. She did not have the city witch hat. Uh, but I was just like, there she is, capturing the wild love stories. Yeah, my buddy John Krasman, who works for uh, some website company, PhotoBiz, that's the one, yeah. It was fun. We were, uh, we were at uh, WPPI, and we, and we just see so many of those hats. It's just like the very wide-brimmed hats that are right. very popular. And I see them on mostly women, but also on men. And uh, he calls them city witch hats. And I, I, think think <laughs> of them, I think of them as the Annie Hall hat. The Annie Hall hat, yeah. yeah. Well, but that's, a little bit, that's a little bit more dated. But I tell you, watching her, it's so hard to not be judgmental when you look at other photographers. Always, yeah. Are they holding the lens the right way? Are they using And she's, the, I'm, yeah. so I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I think she's got two primes there. From the size of them, it looks like maybe a 50 millimeter and something small, something wider. And I'm watching the entrances in a dark room, and she's got no flash. And, she shoot, and I'm like, okay, she's got to be shooting wide open at 3,600 or maybe 6,400. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just dying to see what she's getting. Because I'm like, because my first thought is, this is going to be a train wreck because you need light. And then my second thought is, or are you a dinosaur who doesn't realize that she's using a Sony A7 mega blah, 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 and can shoot at two ISOs higher than you normally shoot and can actually pull this off? I don't know. Yeah, probably a little column A, a little column B. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. You know, there's always something to learn. Yeah, it's, 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 you can't really... You can you can judge because it'll make you feel better, you know, maybe or or worse. But uh, the proof is always in the in in the final images. And, and with with modern cameras and and what software can do now, I just you know you never yeah. know. The images could turn out incredible. There's this photographer in my area who I've seen her shoot before. I've watched her actually do her thing, and I'm like, there's no way that's turning out. And then her images were incredible. So I'm like, you know, whatever. Like it doesn't doesn't really matter, you know. And then at the end of the night, at the end of the night. Uh, really dark, final dance floor stuff and everything, shooting with a video light on our camera. Mmm. Mmm. Yes. Interesting. Mm. I, was, I was watching that f- tight flashlight beam of light that she was producing and thinking, mmm, that's a different like it, look. It was literally on top of the camera? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Hmm. hmm. We, <laughs> we, we are totally non-judgmental, of course. No, that's a choice. That's a choice. That yeah, and I. It's an interesting choice. I would love to see those images. Another one I saw that I thought was was scarily accurate was the creepy old man photographer. (laughs) You see that? that? Well, it was is literally. I think that the things included in the costume bag were like a fifteen year old camera 
you know, a model release for a trade for picture shoot, you know, and uh, you know something about how only shoots for free trading time for photos with beautiful young women. And, you know, like and it's uh, it, and it was like, I know that guy. I 100 percent right. know that guy. Every camera club has so many of that guy, you know, I, I, I haven't seen it, but there should absolutely be one for me or my mm-hmm. type. Although yeah, what is, would uh, yours include? What cost? All of, all of these include? wouldn't be me, but some of these are in my wheelhouse. First of all, uh, bag with uh, bag with twenty seven lenses only uses three. Yep, I've seen that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that. That should be that should be one of the things you have to have for your costume. You have to have twenty seven lenses only uses three. Uh, carries fifty five pounds of gear on their hips uh, at all times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You need else? the bat utility belt. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, camera and flash also weighs a hundred pounds. Mm. Uh, what else? What else would be? What else would be? What? Would, uh, oh, uh, flop sweat starts when they get in the car to go to the event. No, so you get. Oh, oh, it includes a shirt <laughs> yes, with, with pre, pre, a shirt free stained armpits. Free. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> giant sweat stained shirt. Yours would be yours would be pants that uh, pants yeah. with loads of pockets, yes, yes. like cargo pants. Yes. You know, definitely have cargo pants yes. and. Uh, Comfortable, uh, comfortable shoes for the uh, elderly. List list of grievances about the food. Yes, exactly uh, or, right. You know, and and uh, yeah, I, we we should, I I actually was going to make one for myself, but I couldn't find the thing fast enough. I was like, I got more work to do. Yeah, n- not included. Type two diabetes and lower back pain. <laughs> there you go. You know, <laughs> you go. That's, that's good. That's good because that's what I thought when I saw Natural Light Natalie and everything. I was like, okay, so I need to make one to make fun of me. Yeah, I can't post this without making fun of myself, too, because the point needs to be that all of us fit into a stereotype. All of us can be funny. Don't just make fun of the woman who shoots natural light with her with her prime yeah, lenses. Absolutely. And, and, and you got to have the uh, corporate headshot photographer has to have a costume because yes. then it would be like dresses like a normal human uh, doesn't have camera because it's the evening or a weekend. You know, like uh, a a printout of your bank balance, you know, uh, being higher than all of your other photographer friends and like a nice relaxed look, no bags under your eyes because you get to sleep at night and rest on the weekends, you know, like a happy family with you because you could dedicate plenty of time to your wife and children, you know, stuff like that. Like all that should be in the corporate headshot photographer's costume, be just normal clothes. Oh, I have something for you my friend, that you Do need you? to check out. I'm going to break this open for the uh, listeners out there. Uh, a new game, a new phone game launched this week. Oh, uh, yes. Do you know the game I'm talking about? Are you talking about Marvel Snap? Of course I'm talking about Marvel yeah. Snap. Have you ever played Marvel Snap? No, I downloaded it because oh. you said so. You said it was good. Marvel and Snap so- is awesome. Oh, I man, I can't stop playing it. It's great. They made a million dollars the first week. Holy cow. On a game that's free. Is that just from buying in-game content? Just from buying, oh, because people wanted to buy uh, alternative looks to their car. It's all cosmetics, not pay to win. Oh, interesting. So you can like upgrade to maybe Spider-Man's black costume or right. something you like want, that. We want Miles Morales' Spider-Man card or whatever. You can do that. And they made a million dollars their first week just off of that stuff. But it's great. So if you're a person who likes deck building games, you know, a la Magic the Gathering, except your deck only has 12 cards in it. Hmm. which makes it much easier for anybody to get involved with and play. It's called Marvel Snap, and it's really, really cool. So do you prefer a smaller deck yes. than, than, than having, a, uh, have, having a larger deck? I, I, you know, I work with what I've got, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I have a smaller deck, then that's what I'm going to work with. You know? And I think, though, that with a smaller deck, that um, each use of the deck has to be more powerful. 
Right. Yeah, you got to be really selective with how you use your deck. If you have if you have a big deck, then, you know, you can kind of relax because you just show up with the big deck and right away, you know, people are going to be pretty happy because you got that big deck right there and you got all those all those choices, all those options. But if you have a small deck, you really got to know how to play. Yeah, just a small a game with a smaller deck, you know, you've just got a more powerful deck of, you know, yeah, yes. I feel like that smaller can be much more powerful and, yes. and impactful and and honestly more thought, more mostly more much more thought has to go into how you play the game. And more skill, a lot more skill. A lot more skill has to go yes, into the game. Yes, absolutely. I mean, deck. having having something like that with a huge deck, it can almost just be too much, you know. It can take some of the fun out of it. Oh, honestly. you know, you got to first, you know, people have to have something they have to have something to carry the deck. Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, there's weight involved. Like, what do you do with the deck when you're not using it? Like, it's just ridiculous. Where are you going to put it's that? Just, it's just too much deck. <laughs> it's way too much deck. <laughs> just too you much know? deck. No, I just, no, no, no. I prefer the smaller deck. And as does my wife. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure she does. Um, so, uh, hey, I wanted to also do a shout out. A few weeks ago, we had uh, Seth Miranda, a.k.a. Last Witness, on the show as a guest. And we talked about this thing. Uh, this is the new pop Funko Funko Pop uh, Polaroid. You see oh, that? okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's like a Polaroid camera with little Chuck Taylors on, and uh, it's it's a Funko Pop. I have a bunch of Funko Pops in the studio, right? And so we had talked about this as being the new coffee mug, lens coffee mug for photographers. But this is like a limited edition release. This is the one. So Seth was at New York City Comic Con a couple weeks ago, and this is where they released this, and they had very limited numbers. So he found a way to get me one of these and mailed it to me. And I just got it in the mail last week. So that's pretty cool. Because we had talked about it. Isn't that a thoughtful thing to you do? The, you have all the cool friends, dude. I do have I have you. You know, I have at least one uncool I didn't friend. Say, I didn't send you a Funko Pop Polaroid. Yeah. And no, you didn't go to New York City Comic Con and fight the crowds to get this for me and then mail it to me. Nor would I. Nor, and I would not for you or for him or for <laughs> exactly. anyone. I wouldn't do it for myself. Yet, here it is. It's very cool. What do you think? Pretty cute, huh? Very cute. I do. I do like I like that a lot. I have something also arriving in the mail today. Your prescription pack? No, not my pill pack <laughs> from Amazon. Uh, no, I have uh, a big, big, uh, big news, a uh, big thing arriving in the mail today. Okay. That would be the Fuji X-H2. It's today? Today. At any today? moment. In the, while we record the podcast, if you hear the dog start barking, it's because FedEx has arrived and I have to go sign for my Fuji X-H2. So I'm seeing a bunch of YouTube videos in your future regarding the X. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, first of all, <laughs> I'm going to do an unboxing video. No, is, barf. I am going to, I know, they're so stupid, but I'm just like, I'm going to do one because there are people who like to see it. So I'm going to do a, here's, here's the box that comes in. Yeah, that, but here's the stupid thing about YouTube videos. You and I both have YouTube channels. We both post regular videos on those channels. And you and I both know that when you do an unboxing video, a gazillion people yes. watch it. Yes. When you do, like, I just did a video last week, and it was how to get a perfect neutral white balance when you're editing raw images. Oh, my God, awesome video. Yeah, it's oh cool, right? Oh, my God, this is a great video. 37 people have watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and and unbelievably great video for anyone who wants to understand how to color balance easily. You know, I immediately, I was like, I didn't know it. And then I went into, I went in, I'm like, what? What? And I go in the couch. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can just, oh, that's genius, Gary. That's fantastic. And then I'm like, no one's going to watch this. Nope. And nope. And I, I actually got the idea from watching how to color balance videos from Tyler Stallman. If you, if you do video at all and you don't follow Tyler Stallman on, on, on YouTube, he's so good 
And he has so many great little tips like that. But he used a slightly different method to color balance video, but explained the process of import your thing, do a, do your conversion, to your LUT conversion or whatever, and then you know get a neutral white balance. And once you have a neutral white balance, then you color grade your image rather than just trying to slap a color grade on your footage or whatever. And I was like, oh, that process is so clever. So I applied that to you know photography and found a really easy way to do it in Capture One. Anyway, long story short, I'll, I'll put a link to that uh it to my youtube channel it's the most recent video in the description of the episode actually i won't face our editor will do that the video has like 380 views after sitting on there for like a week and then i do a video it's like my first impressions of the canon r7 and it's got like fifteen thousand videos or views or whatever you know like so then people complain at you i get i i never get more angry comments on my videos than those kind of unboxing, first impressions, speculation, armchair review videos. I get more views and so much negativity for the content being thin and all this other stuff. And then when I make a really good video that's got really useful, actual content, it, nobody freaking watches it. Yeah, that's the you paradox, know? Gary. They claim they want you to give them really detailed, good videos, but they don't. No, they do not. What they really want to do is just complain. Which yes. Also, though, I think you just have a, you have a complainable face. Yeah, because I don't I get because do. I don't get that. The people, I want, I'm, all my comments and contents are like, "You're fantastic. We love you. Thank you." And they actually will say, "We like. I, I love that you don't go into all the details." <laughs> you, know, you know, but I think part of the problem is because your videos are shot and produced in such a way. As they look very professional, like people expect more. And so from you're their setting videos. a standard for yourself. Whereas That's mine fair. look like a guy w- with a cell phone sitting in his bathroom, and they're like, he's lucky to be able to talk. So yeah. you know. <laughs> so so what you're saying is, I need I need to lower my expectations. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll keep that in mind. But uh, yeah. Anyway, there'll be a link to that. For, so ten more of you can watch the video. The XH2 arrives today. Yes. And the XH2 takes two different types of memory cards. Yes. The second one, the more expensive one. CF Express. You may know this, and I don't know. Do you have to use that card? No. Because the slots are the same, right? It's just a different type of card. I mean, isn't that, isn't that mostly for video? No, yeah. Well, usually CF Express is, is either for the very high burst rate uh, shooting right. or for HQ video, like super fine detailed 4K, 6K, downsampled 8K, stuff like that. I don't know what the Fuji slots are. I'd have to look that up. Somebody on the listening right now in their car driving is screaming it out. We're looking at you, Jim. We're looking at you, Jim. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the... Um, the, I know that Sony has a really clever solution where they have two slots that can take either SD or CF Express type B cards. So like both slots are dual card slots. So you can either use one or the other. And I thought, why doesn't everybody have that? This is the most clever solution to the card slot problem. Right. It, well, it's supposed to have an SD card slot and a CF Express type B slot, I believe. Right. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Yeah, you have to. I, you can't put an SD card in a CF Express type B card slot unless it's that Sony style dual card oh, slot. Oh, well, I will be ordering a CF Express type B card, and that'll be that's the main card. That's where you're going to record your RAWs. Uh, I think you can set it up however you want, honestly. But like it's, it, yeah, I don't. I have the the Canon R5, which is the same. It's CF Express Type B and SD card slots, and I don't. I've never used it because I don't own a CF Express Type B card slot. But if I was shooting weddings or events, I would absolutely have to use two card slots. But since I'm in the studio mostly and shooting tethered at least half the time, I, there's really no point. Well, my point is, I already have a bunch of CF Express cards, high capacity cards that I love. 
And I don't want to have to go buy more new cards when I've already got all these cards unless I have to. And if I only have to have that card for high-end video or high-end boost, uh, uh, you know, uh, burst shooting, then I might buy one and have it on standby if I need to do that. But otherwise, I'll just stick with my standard cards. So I, the question is going to be, is that slot interchangeable? No. And you also need a card reader for CF Express Type B. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So you better, now you're going to have to go down a YouTube hole and find oh, one. great. Which is the best one. I have a job tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to use it because I don't have one. You shoot the SD card slot, man. You'll be fine. Yeah, but I, I, I want to do a record. Okay, then 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 you're going to have to swing by Best Buy and get a CFX uh, Express Type-P card reader. really hoping I could buy this camera and not have to buy more stuff. That not that just the way, though? Yeah. You know? and the, the, unfortunately, it, the, all the, the features of the CF Express Type-B are stuff that you really don't give a crap about. Burst shooting and high-end video. Right. So, like, you've got a useless dead card slot. You're just going to put a card in there just to have a backup card and never use it. My wife just sent me a text. I left a card on her computer for her. And the text says, Aw, thank you for my card. Love you. Powerball is one billion. I turn straight into, let's just take these two things I thought of and put them together in one sentence. That's marriage, though, isn't it? Isn't that great? Oh, thank you. I love you. Powerball's one billion. Hey, uh, so what is the, what is the card... For for Bobby, you leave it. You like leave she got crazy. Well, first it's for because she likes cards. Uh huh. That's mainly why. But uh, for some reason, she got crazy this weekend and decided to clean the house. And I mean, deep cleaned uh, the bathroom, the bedroom, and the kitchen. Hell which is, yeah! My wife doesn't like to clean at all, and she got she just I mean like stripped it down to the bone, deep cleaned it. And I wanted to be sure she understood how much I appreciated that because I really like things to be clean, <laughs> not so much clean as organized. And I'm the only one in the house who's that way. So it's, it's yeah, rough. you do live in a, you do, you definitely live in a house full of slobs. Oh, really it's chaos. <laughs> like I go to do my laundry and you walk in there and there's like three baskets full of laundry in there and you can't even see the washer and the dryer and there's, and, and, and the washer and the dryer are both full of clothes that have been there for three days and I just want to kill everybody. Our, our laundry situa- situation is DEFCON 1 because I have my, uh, my four-month-old son who vomits on everything. Right. Like it's literally, I've never had a kid spit up as much as him. He's just like, it, as soon as he, as soon as he eats. Within 15 minutes, he yaks two, three times. He seems perfectly <laughs> fine about children it. Children are a joy. Aren't they a great? Yeah, I got four children, seven and under, living in my house. You want to talk about living with slobs and chaos? It's like every time I have to, I move the couch to sweep and vacuum under the couch, it's like, what the hell is going on down there? There's like decapitated Lego people, uh, some popcorn, and I have forbidden food on the couch, but there's always food under the couch, but I never catch him eating food on the couch. I don't oh, know sure. how this is happening. Yeah, you know, sure. there's like a half-melted chocolate chip stuck to the tile. There's just random things like the head of a Barbie doll. You know, you just never know. All that stuff goes under there. And there's like a pacifier just gathering dust. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty gross. gross well, I, once I'm in a situation where everything is gross, then I go full gross. I go where I just don't care at all. My, my mother thought I was a horrible father because when uh, the girls were young uh, and they had their, their, I put them in their high chair there to feed them and they would be eating uh, like, you know, chicken nuggets, right? So you cut up the chicken nuggets, little dinosaur chicken nuggets, and I would cut them up and just dump them on the high chair table. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they would eat them off of that. And my mom was like, you don't give them a plate? And I was like, why? It's just going to end up on the floor. When they're done, I'm going to clean that table. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> that table's going to be clean. So I'm just, just put it on the table, more room. It's got a lip on it. I give him a plate. It's just one, it makes it easier for him to pick the whole plate up and throw everything on the floor. Correct. Right. So, and, but my mom was just like, oh my God. Parenting of a baby 101 is yeah. like, they're going to just make everything a disaster. And you give them anything, it's going to end up on the floor. Did I talk about this? Did I talk about this last week? Did I talk about OTO? OTIO? OTO? What's OTO? Only touch it once. This is no, the thing. Huh? I know this thing, and I kind of do this thing in some in some areas of my life, but I didn't know it was a thing thing. It's actually a thing thing. It's called OTIO, OTO, and it stands for only touch it once. And it is a a life hack that people have where they only touch something once. Meaning, if I start a project, I don't stop that project or move to or do anything else until that project is done. Do you okay. do that, or do you have eighteen ball like like you're like I need to pay the bills, so I'll just pay this bill, but then let me move over here and do this other thing, and I'll get back to the bills later. You know, do you the do thing that? that I don't I don't want to zoom out and show you what my desk looks like because the answer is abundantly clear by the chaos I am surrounded by. No, <laughs> mine is like touch it only touch it once, except if there's something else. Squirrel like that's yeah, that's okay. whatever right. that is. That's Bobby. I've come in and there's like roll of paper towels on the counter and i'm like what happened here oh we need a paper towel she took the paper towel thing off the roll she threw it away she went and she got more paper towels but then before she could actually put them on the roll squirrel, squirrel. and now and now the paper towels is just and it'll be there for two days until somebody <laughs> needs a paper towel whereas and then and then the other extreme is i read about a guy who was like when he pays bills he opens up an envelope he pulls out the bill he writes a check he puts it in the envelope he seals it he writes it he stamps it. He puts it in the mailbox before he comes back in and starts the second letter. <laughs> like really? that's that's like the extreme end of only touch it once. Where this com- this little thing I'm doing right now is completely done before I move on. Now, I don't do that. I'm like, no, no. Everything goes into a pile. I take out to the mailbox together. Not only do I not do that, but thinking about doing that actually makes my skin crawl. <laughs> it's making me uncomfortable right. to think about only touch it once because my brain's like, no, no, no. It's like putting a cat in a bathtub full of cold water. It's just, I right. just... See, and I'm the other way around. The, 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 the chaos of having all these things open at the same time and fearing that I'm going to forget to finish one of them, that drives me crazy. Although with weddings, I don't just like sit down and process a wedding straight through. I always, I take breaks between each step because if you, if you stay on it all the time, you'll start to speed up. You'll start to, you know, you won't pay as much attention to each image because you're, it becomes an assembly line. Right. So I do that. But like if I open an email, I usually want to answer it and finish it up right now and be done with it. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times that I've like started closing down windows at the end of the day and there's like a draft email just sitting there that was buried underneath all the other windows. I'm oh like, gosh, see, no. See, that's, see that, that makes me cringe. <laughs> Oh, no, no, you forgot. Oh, I found that. I found like a draft email that I never sent from like a month ago to a client. And I'm, oh my God, I won't be able to sleep that night. You know, uh, also only touch it once, title of your sex tape. Yes, it is, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) I love this show so much. Subtitle, The Small Deck. (laughs) The Small Deck, yeah, only touch it once. (laughs) Uh, All right, it is about that time. It is time for Photography News. Photography Photography News. If you're like most photographers, you didn't go into business for the paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, and to-dos make you crazy? Well, that's where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one mobile-friendly platform organizes your business. 17 Hats handles the time-sucking tasks like payment reminders, capturing leads, scheduling your images. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically, and quotes, contracts, and invoices 
click, click, paid. Small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 hats. You'll free up so much time from day-to-day -day stealing to-dos, it's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more. And be sure and use the code PHOTOBOMB to get 50% off your first year. All right, a real quick uh, thing just in photography that I wanted to point out because I've got the new Fuji camera coming. Uh, there's a company called TT Artisan. They make lenses and they make lenses for Fuji. And I have one of them over here and it's not a very good lens. And uh, it was sent to me to do a review on. And I actually wrote him back and I said, I'm not going to do this review because you're not going to like it. It's going to trash. <laughs> I'm like, do you want me crap. to send you the lens back? <laughs> and, um, uh, but the thing about the TC Artisan is they're unbelievably inexpensive and they're all manual focus. And the niche market for people who need a manual focus lens is so small that I just don't understand. The only reason they do it is because it's cheaper and they can have really cheap lenses. Well, they are producing now a 2.8. Uh, aperture 27 millimeter lens for Fuji that has autofocus and it is $150. Really? $150. I spent more than that at the bar the other night. There's going to be no way that's a good lens. There's, but I, I, right? Yeah. But I'm, but I am curious. I mean, the, some of the pictures that posted look okay. I mean, they look like they don't like $150 lenses. They, they, they look like $400 lenses. Uh, the postings that I saw. But, uh, but the bigger question is, um, the bigger problem with it is, is that it's 2.8. If I'm buying a prime 35 millimeter lens, it needs to be more wide open than 2.8. Yeah, I think I'd be used to something that was like a 1.8 or yeah, at least, you know what I mean? Right. But, I mean, yeah, that's the yeah. whole point. I mean, for me, that's the whole point of a prime lens is the wide aperture. If you're not getting the wide aperture, why do you need a prime lens? It almost disqualifies it as a, as a lens that somebody would use for video because you know what I mean? Because with video, you're really stuck at a particular shutter speed, so you can't compensate for exposure with shutter speed you're basically and then you want that shallowed up the field a lot of the time right. and your iso has certain ranges where it's good so like really having the ability to open up uh you know uh, and get a wider aperture that's why those you know those primes that are 1.8 1.4 1.2 are so popular with cinema camera users i i could see if you were if you were extremely on a budget so you bought like you had like a small um like a small 500 fuji that takes interchangeable lenses and you're really going to budget, so then you want to get like this lens for 150 and now you've got a little walk-around lens, a little walk-around camera. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Or even, I don't know, if you've got, if you're like me, and you want to take your bigger camera on vacation for a hike, but you want the smallest, lightest lens you can put on it, okay, then this is 150 or whatever. But still, so many other options out there, admittedly much more expensive options out there. Well, why don't you write to them and see if they'll let you review it? I might. That'd know. be worth doing. Yeah, because I'd like to see see them uh, give that a shot. Although, honestly, if at this point, I believe that there's always a market for for something inexpensive, something cheap that people will buy. But What I like about these companies like Artisan is that, you know, you start off being Artisan and then 10 years later, you're Sigma. Yeah, well, you know, I think though, do you think that they're having a little bit of a delusion of grandeur, call themselves Artisan? <laughs> Like is that is that like it's a little misleading? They should just call it. They they're should just call it meh. Yeah, like that's the lens company. They're preparing for the future. Meh. Yeah, maybe maybe they're yeah. future proofing their brand. But uh, yeah, art. I don't think they know what artisan means. Yeah, like 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 the people who start their photography business on Monday and on Tuesday, they label themselves as fine art. 
Fine art. Yeah. yeah, so, all right. So, in uh, big, big, big news is, as we predicted last week, Sony has dropped the A7R5 is out. Um, it has been released, or the specs are out, or the announced, and I don't know. I'm not going to buy one, but basically, the camera has been, you know, here it is. Oh, A7R5 is here. And... I've been watching videos on this. Uh, I know that we have a lot of Sony users in the, in the Bombardier audience. And so we, I think sometimes we leave Sony news in the dust a little bit. And so I want to make sure that I was checking this out. And what is happening is, as you and I have talked about and predicted several times, is that they're running out of ideas, right? right. Like the, tech, the technology has gotten so good that in- upgrades are seemingly going to be much more incremental moving forward. And in this case... This looks like a pretty terrific camera. However, based on everything that I've watched and read, almost everybody was like, this is a great camera. It's a nearly perfect camera. But if you already have an A7R4 or an A7 IV or whatever, there may not be enough to get excited about that would be worth upgrading to this. So this will be people who are shooting with like an A7 III or an A7S III or A7R III or have an older Sony They'll get a big jump out of this, but those with a recent generation Sony camera aren't going to be super excited to to jump on this, I don't think. Although uh, some notable things about it, they have vastly increased the um, quality and resolution of both the electronic viewfinder and the rear LCD screen. And they have come up with, which is what Sony desperately needed, is a fully uh, articulating screen that both is that very angle flip out to the side and a tilt up and down screen so it's like a combination of the two that looks really really cool so it's okay. big yeah so it's it, it, you can use it just like the flip up and down or flip down and look at it or you can flip it out and twist it around oh see i love that because yeah because when i'm when i'm shooting events you know if i want to if i want to hold the camera above my head you got to flip the thing out to the side and and now i'm like oh it's just a matter of time before i snap that off Yes, absolutely. So, so I think that that's really cool. It's got, um, it's updated its card slots. It made its pixel shift uh, technology a little easier to use. It's got 8K video. Um, it's got, it's got some pretty cool stuff. But the thing that they're touting the most is something that's really hard to sell, and that is its deep learning AI autofocus. And since Sony already has incredible autofocus technology. Those people using modern Sony cameras are already like, well, how much, how much better could it be than right. it already is? And so, although it may be incredible, it's hard to sell somebody who's already got an autofocus that's as strong as as that. So, um, at any rate, um, it, it seems pretty cool. Uh, it's got lots. It, like uh, videos keep coming out. Like this is a nearly perfect camera. I love this camera. Everything about this camera is great. I think that it probably is a great camera. There's no question. It's just that I don't think that. Our Sony users uh, that have a modern one are going to be too incentivized to uh, to upgrade here at this point. In fact, uh, Brian Goldberg in the Bombardier's Lounge says, I shoot with the A7R4 and absolutely love it. I really don't think anybody with a Sony made in the last few years can complain about the autofocus or stabilization. But I might make the jump just for the fully articulating screen. <laughs> that is long overdue and has been my biggest gripe since moving to Sony years ago. Uh, Sanjeev writes in, I shoot my A9 II in the studio and don't see the need to go that far with the resolution. So, uh, you know, uh, mixed bag, mixed results. What do you got? Did you see the story about the coal miner going to the basketball game? I did not, no. So this has been going around quite a bit. Uh, a picture taken of a coal miner at a college basketball game, and he's wearing uh, his clothes from the mine, and he is covered in black coal soot. 
Uh, and what had done, he had done was he had left the mine. It was 30 minutes to get to the game, and he went straight to the game so that he wouldn't be late for the game. And he's there with his son. Someone took a picture of him with a phone, and then it went really viral. And I thought it was interesting because it was a, the picture's not good. If you know when you look at the picture blown up big on your screen or whatever, because it's a cell phone picture. But then the flip side of that is the old, you know, the best camera is the one that you have with you. And so we're lucky now to have this picture at all because someone took a picture with a cell phone and it wasn't a professional photographer. So you see both sides of the coin there. The cell phones don't take pictures as good as regular cameras do, but having a cell phone versus But you've always no camera, got it with you, yeah. Yeah, is absolutely uh, valuable. And it's just very touching. They said they reached out to him um, and uh, they're going to give him VIP tickets to another game and... And, and he's become a mini celebrity, and it's, uh, it's a, a touching picture. And it reminded me of my own father. Uh, and that's the power of a good photograph, because I remember once, um, and it's, it's kind of hard to talk about, when I, when I was in Little League, my father, in order to come to one of my Little League games uh, directly from work, um, he skipped his second scotch of soda. So Aww. it was, yeah, it was, you know what I'm saying? So, so when I saw this, I was like, dad you know i i i really i I felt the connection i love you dad yeah right you know i mean much like the coal miner uh who came from the mines uh, to spend time with his son my father that's, i mean you know scotch and soda was important and you know this is this is supposed to be lighthearted. i can't believe you just <laughs> made me cry like that i can't believe you made me cry like that i didn't mean to bring it people. down yeah you really brought it I down i didn't mean to bring it down <laughs> I love you, Dad. All right. So moving on. <laughs> also interesting in new camera news. For those of you person out there who uh, is hanging on to Olympus, I know that there's at least one of you out there that's an Olympus shooter. OM Systems, the camera company formerly known as Olympus, has come out with their first offering under without the Olympus brand name on it. Now, this is a micro four-thirds camera. Um, it is very small. It is very light. And it is... From the spec sheet, uh, shockingly good for what it is, and it's about twelve hundred bucks. So it's a uh, twenty megapixels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's got uh, you know four K video, uh, thirty frames per second. It's got time lapse, focus bracketing. Um, it's it seems pretty hardy. The image quality looks really, really good. Um, so you could do four um, K log video. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. It just looks really good. And I know, you know, do you know any people who shoot Olympus? Like I know a couple of people shoot Olympus cameras that just like live and die by these things. But the, I think the biggest advantage and why these are so popular is for travel because they are tiny. Yeah. They are tiny, tiny, tiny. And it's micro four thirds. So you get that crop in. So it's they're really popular with wildlife and bird photographers as a light option. And so for what it is, with all the features that you get, if somebody says, what should I get for travel, you know, and I'm going to be outside trying to photograph things that are far away, this is this would be a pretty solid option. So um, even though we thought, as we talked about previously on the show, that with Olympus, the name going away, that the camera company, you know, would go under, that just does not seem that way. This seems like a pretty serious camera offering in the wake of the big change from Olympus to OM system. So um, it is sad to lose that iconic name, but it looks like they're still making quality stuff. Well, we lost Minolta, you know, when Sony bought them, and then, and then now we've lost Olympus, which camera nerds are sad and no one else cares. Uh, Correct. But my question is, I mean, if you're Olympus, right, and you're trying to make them, and you're trying to keep the camera division alive, what would you do? 
What, what market would you go after? What, because you're not going to compete with, oh, small camera, small sensor. You're not going to compete against Lumix. You're not going to compete against Fuji in the long run. No. Mm-mm. So what's left? What's, what's unexplored, Gary? What, what camera manufacturer, if they've got the money and the equipment and the manufacturing, to go after some, some segment of our society and nail it? Yeah, they're not, they're not like, don't seem to be big with the, in the creator space. And that's the one that Canon and Sony and everybody are after because that opens up from professional photographers to literally anybody with a YouTube channel. So the market right. is so huge going after the creator space. To me, Olympus wants to find their niche and grow that in the hobbyist, camera club, bird, wildlife photographers. And honestly, I think that they're well suited for it. I mean, they really, it's, it's an impressive little camera for 1200 bucks, and it's just, it's like a Little so nugget. that's who they go after. Could they, use, they use Micro Four Thirds or APS? Micro Four Thirds. Yeah. Okay. So they go after bird photographers and wildlife photographers because Micro Four Thirds. What's the crop factor on that? Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two and a half or three or something. So that's their market because you can put a you can put a a hundred millimeter lens on this and now it's a three hundred or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And of course, natural light. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to think. Is there something else? Is there some other? Part of society, because the, the creator niche, niche, I think, is a big one. What you said that that's a bi- that 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 everyone's going after that a little bit. But I would, I'm not so sure it wouldn't benefit them to say that's all we're going to do. We're going to start making cameras specifically for creators. Right? Yeah, they could be like the uh, the Subaru of the camera world. Yeah. It's like we're we're for outdoorsy people. Yeah, we're going to make it specifically for creators, and it's so it's going to have all the jacks that you need for all the stuff that you need, and then. I mean, what, what's missing? What's the perfect creator camera? Um, well, I would say that it um, doesn't need a viewfinder, obviously. No, it's going <laughs> to... Right. Uh, it's going to be something um, easy to use that, pl- that you can easily work with your computer, that you can stream from, um, that uh, has au- the audio and video, HDMI, all that stuff. Here's the problem for creators is the learning curve for video is very high. To like to do really good video, there's just a you have to know video, you have to know audio, you have to know color, you have to like there's a lot of and you have to know how to use a camera. So I would say that a very intelligent camera that you can pretty much just set it to like I'm doing a talking head YouTube video and it knows what to do that would be great. And then you know, and that and it has really good um, color because you don't not necessarily going to need all the log footage and everything. Just something that's going to look good, that's going to make you look good. That's the easiest thing in the world to use, and that's kind of what Sony's been working on, making their little APS-C vlogger cameras and Canon, and I, everybody's putting out cameras and hoping to be the hit with creators. I still think Canon has the largest market share in that way. Uh, by the way, a uh, Micro Four Thirds camera has a two times crop factor. Okay, so two x crop. Okay, uh, there was a company called Film Never Die. Not film never dies, just film never, never say die. never die. So they're not they're not saying they're not making the statement that film never dies. They're demanding film never die. You know, oh, it sounds like a terrible Bond film. Yeah, doesn't film it? never die. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> film never die. Dun dun dun. They had a Kickstarter campaign last night uh, last year trying to raise uh, two hundred and thirty three thousand dollars so they could create an all in one film processing machine. 
apparently uh, film processing machines are becoming harder and harder to get a hold of. They're very expensive. And, and so if you, if you own a lab, having a film processing, mach processing machine in your lab, especially if you're a new lab, is hard because you just can't find them or they're really expensive. They don't make them anymore. So right. what they were trying to do was come up with a new machine that, that labs could do. I guess the idea being... You know, then more labs would be able to process film. And so people who shoot film would be have more places where they could send their film. Right. And their goal was two hundred and thirty three thousand dollars. And they raised thirty five thousand dollars. Right. They only raised. I would say 000. that's a failure. Yeah, that's that's a sign that maybe you're uh, there isn't a big market for your the people uh, have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> for your product. Uh, and they said, screw it. We're going to make it anyway. So, so I love this. I love the chutzpah of. Obviously, no one wants to pay us for this machine. Wait, wait, wait. The, the, anyway. the, the, the what? The chutzpah. The chutzpah? That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, the chutzpah. The chutzpah. The chutzpah. Okay. But yeah. spelled... Chutzpah. 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 <laughs> That's terrible. Anyway, it's a, it's a rotary drum film processor, uh, and they say it's for startup labs, uh, and I think it costs like... It almost cost... Like, they took in $35,000 on the Kickstarter. I think it cost like $25,000. <laughs> to make, to, yeah, yeah. To buy one of these things. Oh, and um And the idea is you plug all your chemicals into it, and it just, you know, it, it processes your film. It's, um, oh, no, shoot, no. It's $4,000. Okay, <laughs> not nearly as bad. I'm, I'm looking at you. Uh, uh, We're all waiting. <laughs> Are you trying to think of a name? Yes, yes. This is what's happened to me. I'm looking at you, Pete. Pete. Rezek. Thank you. There you go. I had Pete, but I kept thinking Pete Wright. And I'm like, no, it's P it's not Pete Wright. It's Pete. One of you is going to have to change your name. It's Reno Pete, Pete Rezac. Thank you. So, I, I mean, I had the Pete part. It was just the last name I couldn't nail down. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Pete Rezac. This sort of thing that I could see Pete buying, uh, absolutely. Except he, he probably does his own film in his own uh, darkroom. Uh, but it's 4300 and uh, we'll process your film for you uh, if you're a film shooter. So uh, the one guy who listens to the show that's a film shooter, here you go. It's called yeah. Film Never Die. Film Never Die. Ba, ba, ba. Theme song That's... by Duran Duran. Theme song by <laughs> Now it would be uh it would be somebody cooler like uh I don't know, uh, the weekend. There you go. Kanye. By the way, Kanye, new sponsor of the show. I don't know. I didn't yeah. tell you. <laughs> no, so, really? He's yeah. fallen that far. Huh? I, I talked to Conway Kanye this weekend. And he said uh, he was going to sponsor the show. I think he prefers Ye now. Yeah. I think it's Ye. I don't yeah. think it's Kanye anymore. Yeah. So uh, well, he's great. happy to sponsor the show because he's convinced that the robot overlords will not be Jewish. <laughs> Jesus. So, so he he too welcomes them. Ah, all right. Moving on. Uh, quick hit. Uh, Leica says it's doing less branded camera partnerships, and I don't really care to go into the story. I just want to point out to uh, Petapixel and to Leica. In fact, this is a direct quote from Leica, so it's not Petapixel. It's fewer, not less. Right. Less is for singular. Fewer is for multiple. So you are doing fewer branded camera partnerships. That's all I wanted to say about that no, story. Yeah. Come also, sit at my table. Yeah. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> no, no one wants you at the dinner table with them. Nobody wants me at the dinner table. <laughs> no. I had somebody come to their wedding and say, oh, they were talking about this stuff. And they said, oh, I was at a wedding and a guy had a camera there. He wasn't even shooting the wedding. He was just a guest. And it was like really expensive. Somebody said it was like six, it was like six or $20,000 or whatever. Really expensive camera. I go, is it Leica? He goes, no, I don't think so. It started with an L, but it wasn't Leica. Leica? <laughs> and I'm like, it was Leica? <laughs> he goes, no, I don't think so. I'm like, okay, um, was it Leica? 
<laughs> he goes, no. <laughs> Ale Leica. It was not Leica. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what $20,000 camera you had. It starts with an L. <laughs> but it wasn't, wasn't Lumix. Yeah. It wasn't. It was not, I, I told him, I go, it was either Leica or Lumix. And believe me, if it was Lumix, it was not a $20,000 camera. Yeah. Oh, well, there you have it. Speaking of uh, expensive cameras, the Nikon Z9 has a firmware update. If you're not aware, it's a 3.0 firmware update. It's supposed to add almost 20 new features to the camera. Wow. Um, it's, yeah, apparently it's a significant, uh, a significant firmware update. And I remember the times when I owned cameras for years and never updated the firmware. But now right. it seems we're getting some cool stuff in firmware. So Nikon users with the Z9, check that out. Feedback from Bombardier and uh, friend and colleague Mike Price has been using the update for about a day some nice tweaks in usability but nothing that makes me leap up and down and get all giddy it really demonstrates how manufacturers are building extensible computing devices that you attach lenses to i thought that was that was pretty astute yeah it's uh that's kind of that's kind of a smart way to put it oh by the way the artisan the tt artisan lens that's coming out you can upgrade the firm yeah you can upgrade the firmware it's got a port the port wait for it built into the lens cap on the back of the camera. So mm-hmm. when you put the lens cap on, that's where the port is. So since no one ever loses the lens yeah, cap. Yeah, I was gonna say like, well, <laughs> guess I won't be updating the firmware since I'm gonna lose it as soon as it gets how much, is, yeah, how much is the replacement lens cap with uh, the port built into it? Oh man, all right, I got a, another quick hit, by the way. You and I are both Pixie Set users, where this is not a sponsor thing, but we use Pixie Set. Um, they have seemed to have added Online booking and scheduling to their studio management software. Yeah, I saw that this week. I saw the thing about it. Yeah, I did see that. So I just thought that was worth mentioning. They keep adding new stuff to the platform. Um, but I'm just going to say this out loud. You just pry 17 hats for my cold, dead hands, Pixie Set. You just try it. <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's, that's, you know, yeah, 17 hats can't go anywhere at this point. We're too embedded. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dead. Like, that's it. How would I leave? I wish I, I wish I knew how to quit you. No. Yeah. Uh, I can't yeah. quit you, 17 hats. Yeah, there are a lot of options out there. No matter what platform, though, you do use, I highly recommend having something because seriously, it's like having an extra employee. Um, And I know, and for those of you who skipped the ad, by the way, did you know you could save 50% on 17 hats with the code Photobomb? Okay, that's all I'll say. Don't forget, don't forget that. 50%. That's actually a pretty good amount of money. All right. uh, Did you see the story on Devontae Adams? He's really improved his behavior on the field. (laughs) Yeah, it's like walking off the field, like, like waving to everybody, like, everybody, please step out of the way. Devontae Adams is walking this way. I'm coming toward you now. <laughs> yeah, we had a good discussion about Devontae Adams at the Kansas City uh, uh, game losing and then being charged with uh, some kind of battery or something or some kind of misdemeanor assault for pushing a photographer down. And I don't know the case, uh, the state of that particular case at the moment, but uh, he's still playing, seems to be having a grand old time. And I'm pretty sure that if you have enough money, you have a lot less to fear from the law. So I doubt we'll see him being too concerned um, going forward. But he does seem to have learned his lesson. Take take note, professional athletes. <laughs> you make a mistake, you apologize, and then you change your behavior. Because like I say to my children, an apology is worthless unless you change your behavior. Right. And good for you, Devontae Adams. Even if it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, I'm here for it. Uh, Facebook, Meta. In the news, three little quick hits, all kind of tied into Facebook. Number one, Facebook lost $65 billion in value. Yeah, that sucks. As their stock continues to tank. Number two, uh, they also own Instagram, and they say that Instagram's user base is now approaching the same user base as Facebook. So Instagram is growing, right? 
uh, which I find kind of surprising. And then number three, uh, Instagram has come out and announced that, yeah, they did go overboard this year, uh, especially during the summer with the way they balanced out the algorithm. Because you had mm-hmm. you had pointed out on the show that if you make an Instagram reel, you'll get like thousands and thousands of views. And if you put a picture on Instagram, you get like five. Yes. And Instagram has come out and said, yeah, we kind of went too far on that. So we're going to dial it back and see how that goes. So hopefully... The platform that has traditionally been the platform about photography will actually start paying attention to photographs again. Yeah, and and the other thing they did that was annoying was any video you post to your main feed automatically gets turned into a reel, which is why I like it's just why. So you you try to post a video to your main Instagram feed and it automatically makes it a reel. Yeah, well, like hey, here's my kid doing something cute. Well, that doesn't mean it's real worthy. I don't want to know my. I have a marketing strategy for that. So stop, stop making yeah. me do that stuff. So it just makes you not post videos into your main feed, and unless you want it to be real, and then why have reels at a? a I don't know. It's just yeah. dumb. They're the same thing. Get your life together, Instagram. They're trying to figure stuff out. Didn't you have another quick hit? Was that all three? Uh, yeah, that was it. There were three quick hits. Facebook lost value. Uh, Instagram's growing. And Instagram has changed their algorithm again. Okay. So in AI news, I've got a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, my uh, my buddy Rich Johnson, who's a photographer here in Orlando, brought my attention to something because I don't know about you, but oh, for years I have struggled with audio editing. Audio is so less forgiving, so much less forgiving than video or stills when you're editing. You know, like if you don't get clean audio, it's really hard to make it sound good after the fact without just destroying it. It's very specialized. You can't just, you know, throw a plug in at it and make audio sound good until now. Have, have you heard of Project Shasta? No. Okay, this was basically, it's like this online <laughs> thing where you upload, I know, I know, where you upload. No, I'm just thinking, do you, are you, are you, not, do you not, are you old enough to remember Shasta soft drinks? Shasta soda? Yeah, it was, it okay. was, it, it was in a lot of TV shows, actually, in like the late 80s and the 90s. All right, good. I, I, I haven't even heard that word in forever, but I'm like, oh yeah, Shasta. Like Shasta Cola, the worst cola in the history of yeah. colas. <laughs> if you can't, if you can't get Coca-Cola or Pepsi to sponsor your TV show, you could get Shasta. They'll just, or, yeah. they'll just, yeah, no problem. Shasta's slogan is only slightly less worse than RC. Sh- Shasta. It's like, if you're buying it, you didn't have a choice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Project Shasta was this sort of audio thing that uses AI to clean up audio, right? And so... Uh, you upload it to their site, and then it cleans it up, and then you can download it right back down. It's kind of like a, a simple plug-in, almost like a video compression tool or something where you would just upload it and re-download it. I am not kidding. I did a test with it this morning, and you upload a audio file, echoey, crappy, whatever. You upload it, and when you download it, it sounds like NPR, like high-quality, wow. like deep, bassy, beautiful studio recording. No matter how bad the audio is, it really it almost makes it sound too good. And I, I, when I went to look for it the other day after my friend told me about it, Adobe, shockingly, has purchased it. And now it's called Adobe Podcast Express. So Adobe seems to be developing an entire suite of um, audio tools, click and drag and drop and ease use audio tools to make people's audio better. And so what you could do is you, it's, there's actually a uh, you can sign up now to beta test this thing. It's Adobe Podcast Express. And you can sign up to beta test with it. But once you sign up, it also gives you a link to where you can just try out the um, the audio enhancer for Project Shasta. So you can upload any audio file up to an hour long. 
and then you can and and it'll convert it and download it and you actually you could play it online before you download it and just turn the filter on and off and see what it sounds like it's shocking how good it makes audio sound that's all like ai audio editing okay so what about this i shoot video for my youtube channel i want to do Correct. it in my studio but my studio is very echoey can yes. i shoot my video in my studio and then separate out that audio send it yes. off have it fixed yes. put it back in Yes. Ooh. So basically, if you go into almost any video editing program, whether it be Final Cut or DaVinci Resolve, you could just click on that, you know, that clip, and usually it's a right click or control click, and you can, and it could say split audio or separate audio. They all have it slightly different, and then it'll separate the video and the audio into two separate things. And then usually, if you go to export a file and you export the file as audio only instead of as a video file, I do this all the time to edit my audio for my YouTube videos. Is I will separate the audio and I will export it as an audio file, and then I bring it back in and just sync it with the original video file. And so that way you're, you're, I'm able, because I know Adobe Audition the best when it comes to audio editing, and it has the best tools for doing that. Although inside, there are plenty of tools inside certain video programs to help with audio, but nothing's quite as good as, as editing it directly in Audition, at least from my experience. But this, yeah, if you have an audio track that's like echoey or crappy, separate it out, export it on its own, and then upload it to this, you know, Adobe Podcast Express audio enhancer, and then... I'm telling you, you should just try it out. Just try it's it's really really cool. Also in um, AI news, Shutterstock has now integrated Dolly, the AI generating thing for AI generated stock photos. So basically, this you're going to be able to get stock photos that are generated by AI. You will type in the prompts in Shutterstock, and it will generate a stock photo that you can then buy. <laughs> okay, why can't you just go to Dolly and make your own? That's my question. So I'm wondering, um, you know, I think this is probably one of those things. Shutterstock is also something you can have a subscription to, right? Like, so you don't have to just pay per image. So it, it be, it, if you're already paying for a stock company subscription, like Adobe Stock or whatever, to have the ability to also generate AI images inside that platform would actually be pretty cool. So if you need something specific, like an elephant riding a unicycle, you could just type that in and then this AI generator will make it and you could download it as part of your stock thing. I think one of the problems with the AI image generators is that if you are computer savvy and you're an image maker and you're used to these things, they're relatively easy to find and use, but for your average person, I don't think they are. They're sort of what's a mid journey and what's a discord and what's a, you know, what's a, what's Dolly. And so this is going to kind of bring it, I think, make it make AI image creation a lot more accessible. So now um, the robot overlords have infiltrated stock photography. May they be praised. I am already um, just burnt out on it. I'm seeing so much of it now. I'm seeing so much of the computer generated images now that I just I get, I just blow by them. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already finding myself just having fatigue over what used to be incredible photography and Photoshop work that you would go, oh my gosh, look at this picture. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, there's another AI. Then, yeah. Know, whatever. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, and, and so I just wonder what it's going to have, what effect it's going to have on the population at large when it's so easily accessible. Yeah. But I think it'll also become a very useful tool for professionals to be able to use. Like we all, like I use motion VFX templates in my video editing to make my titling and stuff easier, you know, just because, just because I doesn't, don't do that by hand, it doesn't mean that I'm not good at editing video or doing titles. Like it could, AI could be something that could really speed up your workflow and design process and creation. But as just creating these mind blowing images, I think you're right. I think you're just going to, it's just going to be like, 
who cares anymore? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like who gives a crap? And then we're just going to get desensitized to it. And then people will probably lose interest to the general public at large. AI image creation is essentially just another Instagram filter or, or TikTok filter. Right. Like that's how mentally the general public is receiving it without understanding the impact it's going to have. I think it's going to be professional creators and designers who are going to be the ones who really grab onto this tool and use it, you know, um, and, and it will just sort of, entrench its way into the behind the scenes of other things that people are using and they're not even going to be necessarily aware that the technology is a part of it. Photobomb is written and produced by Bure Perry and Gary Hughes and edited by Face Fioretti. You can find us online. Join the conversation. Facebook.com slash groups slash Bombardiers Lounge. Bombardiers. Our website is photobombpodcast.com. Gary's website is HughesFioretti.com. So it is. My website is BureyPerry.com and you can email us questions at photobombpodcast.com. We'll see you back here next week. See you later. Hey.